The Privy Key to Heaven by Thomas Brooks Motivation number nine. Ninthly, consider that secret duties are the most soul-enriching duties. Look, as secret meals make fat bodies, so secret duties make fat souls. And as secret trades bring in great earthly riches, so secret prayers make many rich in spiritual blessings and in heavenly riches. Private prayer is that secret key of heaven that unlocks all the treasures of glory to the soul. The best riches and the sweetest mercies God usually gives to His people when they are in their closets upon their knees. Look, as the warmth the chicken finds by close sitting under the hen's wings nourishes them, so are the graces of the saints enlivened and nourished and strengthened by the sweet secret influences which their souls fall under when they are in their closet, in communion with God. Private prayer, conscientiously performed, is the secret key of heaven, that is unlocked such treasures and such secrets as have passed the skill of the cunningest devil to find out. Private prayer, midwives, the choicest mercies, and the chief riches in upon us. Certainly there are none so rich in gracious experiences as those who are most exercised in closet duties. Psalm chapter 34, verse 6. This poor man cried, says David, and the Lord saved him out of all his troubles. David, pointing to himself, tells us that he cried, that is, silently and secretly, as Moses did at the Red Sea, and as Nehemiah did in the presence of the king of Persia, and the Lord saved him out of all his troubles. Exodus 14, 15, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, and Nehemiah 2, 4. And oh, what additions were these deliverances to his experiences. Oh, my friends, look as the tender dew that falls in the silent night makes the grass and herbs and flowers to flourish and grow more abundantly than great showers of rain that fall in the day. So secret prayer will more abundantly cause the sweet herbs of grace and holiness to grow and flourish in the soul than all those more open, public, visible duties of religion which too, too often are mingled and mixed with the sun and wind of pride and hypocrisy. Beloved, you know that many times a favorite at court gets more by one secret motion, by one private request to his prince, than a tradesman or merchant gets in twenty years' labor and pains. So a Christian many times gets more by one secret motion, by one private request to the king of kings, than many others do by trading long in the more public duties of religion. O sirs, remember that in private prayer we have a far greater advantage as to the exercise of our own gifts and graces and parts than we have in public. For in public we only hear others exercise their parts and gifts. In public duties we are more passive, but in private duties we are more active. Now the more our gifts and parts and graces are exercised, the more they are strengthened and increased. All acts strengthen habits. The more sin is acted, the more it is strengthened. And so it is with our gifts and graces. The more they are acted, the more they are strengthened. Number 10. Tenthly, take many things together. All Christians have their secret sins. Psalm 19.12. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Secret not only from other men, but from himself. 
even such secret sins as grew from errors which he understood not. It is but natural for every man to err, and then to be ignorant of his errors. Many sins I see in myself, says he, and more there are which I cannot spot, which I cannot find out. Nay, I think that every man's sins are beyond his understanding. There is not the best, the wisest, nor the holiest man in the world who can give a full and entire list of his sins. Who can understand his errors? This interrogation has the force of an affirmation. Who can? No man. No, not the most perfect and innocent man in the world. Oh, friends, who can reckon up the secret sinful imaginations, the secret sinful inclinations, or the secret pride, the secret blasphemies, the secret hypocrisies, the secret atheistic risings, the secret murmurings, the secret repinings, the secret discontents, the secret insolencies, the secret filthinesses, the secret unbelievings, that God might every day charge upon his soul. Should the best and holiest man on earth have but his secret sins every day written in his forehead, it would not only put him to a crimson blush, but it would make him pull his hat over his eyes or cover his face with a double scarf. So 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 38, When a prayer or plea is made by any of your people, Israel, each one aware of the plague of his own heart, sin is the greatest plague in the world, but never more dangerous than when it reaches the heart. Now secret sins commonly lie nearest the heart, the fountain from whence they take a quick, immediate, and continual supply. Secret sins are as near to original sin as the first droppings are to the springhead. And as every secret sin lies nearest the heart, so every secret sin is the plague of the heart. Now as secret diseases are not to be laid open to everyone, but only to prudent physicians, so are secret sins, which are the secret plagues, the secret diseases of our souls. They're not to be laid open to everyone, but only to the physician of our souls, that is only able both to cure them and to pardon them. And as all Christians have their secret sins, so all Christians have their secret temptations. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. And as they have their secret temptations, so they have their secret needs. Yes, many times they have such particular and personal needs that there is not one in the congregation, nor one in the family, that has the like. And as they have their secret needs, so they have their secret fears, and secret snares, and secret straits, and secret troubles, and secret doubts and secret jealousies? And how do all these things call aloud upon every Christian to be frequent and constant in secret prayer? Number 11. 11th. Consider Christ is very much affected and delighted in the secret prayers of his people. Song chapter 2 verse 14. O my dove who is in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see your countenance, Let me hear your voice, for sweet is your voice, and your countenance is lovely. Christ observes his spouse when she is in the clefts of the rock, when she has gotten into the corner of praying. He looks upon her with singular delight and with special intimations of his love. Nothing is more sweet, delightful, and welcome to Christ than the secret services of his people. 
Their secret breathings are like lovely songs to him. Malachi 3, 4. Their secret prayers in the clefts of the rock or under the stairs are as sweet incense to Jesus. The spouse retires to the secret places of the stairs, not only for security, but also for secrecy, that so she might the more freely, without suspicion of hypocrisy, pour out her soul into the bosom of her beloved. The great delight that parents take in the secret lispings and whisperings of their children is no delight to that which Christ takes in the secret prayers of his people. And therefore, as you would be friends and furtherers of Christ's delight, be much in secret prayer.